Are you ready? Ready to cut through the BS and hear some ways to drive your business forward today? Yeah. Welcome, Welcome to Biz Sprints Podcast with your host, Michael McMillan. Check it out. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another week of Biz Sprints. This is Michael McMillan, and thank you so much for coming back for another week of tips and tricks to help drive your business forward. This week, guys, we are going to be taking a little bit of a different episode uh, because I'm going to be taking this actually from a bunch of questions that I've been getting back from you guys. Uh, I tell you, it's been so nice to be getting feedback and input and ideas from you on future episodes. And, and please keep them coming because I'll tell you, they really help out a lot when I'm looking for what subjects that are going to help drive your organizations forward and really as I start crafting these podcasts. So this week... The topic that we're going to actually uh, dive into is going to be really line of sight to all you sales guys out there. And, you know, I got a bunch of questions from you uh, asking, actually, interestingly enough, you guys are asking a lot about my background as far as, you know, how I got started in sales and, you know, really how I got my career going. And I took from some of those questions, a lot of people asking me is, you know, how they can really ensure they could get a career in sales and opposite also actually using their sales career to be able to kind of, you know, use that similar to I did as a springboard into what they want their career to become, uh, be it either into the C-suite, VP status, uh, or whatever, uh, you know, maybe an ownership and entrepreneurship, similar to kind of how I did it. So this week, that's the topic I wanted to cover. I'm going to uh, really go through quite a bit of this here and uh, really maybe give you guys some interesting insight that you can help, you know, you leverage to really use to drive your sales organizations forward. So to kick this off, I thought the best place to really get going on this would be is, is to really give you a little background on myself. So my my background's kind of unique. Um, I started selling from an extremely young age. Um, my first real forte into selling, I guess you could say. Uh, I was a little kid. Uh, and the story, my mother loves telling this story to people, which is uh, I was a little kid. I must have been maybe like five or six years old uh, at most. And we used to go to this candy store near my old house. And when I needed candy, of course, I just go to my mom and be like, hey, can you give me money so I can go buy candy? And typically she did. I was an only child, right? So I was kind of spoiled. <laughs> and uh, one time she told me, no, she's like, no, Mike, I'm, I'm not going to give you money. Uh, you know, you don't need anything from the candy store. So just deal with it kind of thing. And I, I just, I couldn't accept that. So what I did was I went into our pantry and I found a box of Ritz crackers of all things. And I literally went door to door selling these Ritz crackers uh, one for a quarter or two for 50 cents. Uh, amazing deal, right? I was, <laughs> I wasn't, I was a little too young to realize, you know, the whole discount for volume thing yet. But, um, you know, I just went door to door. I was a cute kid up dressed up in my sailor outfit and walking around and selling these rich crackers because I needed money for the candy store and I was getting it. You know, people were buying it from me. It was crazy. Uh, how, how it all ended, how my mother came to find out about it was one of our neighbors actually picked up the phone and called my mother and, you know, she's like, uh, Janet, is everything okay there? And, you know, my mom's like, well, yeah, what are you talking about? She's, she's like, all right, so, you know, financially everything's good to go and, you know, everything's okay. And she's like, yeah, of course, what, what's going on? And my neighbor told me, he said, well, I don't know if you know this, but um, Michael's uh, walking around door to door selling Ritz crackers, uh, one for a quarter, two for 50 cents. 
And uh, you know, my mom quickly came running out into the neighborhood and swooped me up and took me home, <laughs> very embarrassed. But you know, it it started. Uh, that's when it began, and, I, and it's when I realized, okay, I can do things for myself when I need to do them. And that really led into, I'd say, my first. You know, that's really what got me started in sales. Uh, from there. A lot of different things happened. I had a newspaper route, uh, kind of common story you'll hear amongst speakers and entrepreneurs who had newspaper routes. Uh, I was similar, right? I did the route, I think, once and then quickly realized that it's actually in the money collection where you get tips that all, you know, is really where the money's to be had and delivering papers for the birds. So I quickly got someone else to deliver the papers for me. I would pay them a small percentage of the revenues and I would keep all the tips and do all the collections. So that was that forte. And the other one, though, which was even younger, I was think I was about seven or eight years old when I started this. My mother was, a, you know, she still is a serial entrepreneur uh, in sales her whole life. Uh, she owned a headhunting company for recruiting. She owned her own call center for years. Um, but when we were a kid, so she actually uh, was working for a call center as a vice president of sales in a call center. And one of the things she had me do was basically help her find leads. She figured, what's the best way to keep this kid out of trouble? Well, let me let me teach him a let me teach him a real talent. And what she would do is, is at night, I'd come home, I'd finish my homework, and then she would open up the yellow pages and she'd say, Okay, Mike, here's what I want you to do. I want you to start here at, you know, the number <laughs> and I want you to call each of these phone numbers. When the business answered, uh, ask them, is this an answering service? And if they say yes, highlight them in yellow. Uh, if they say no, just draw a line through them. Uh, if you can then say, oh, out of curiosity, my mom owns a company and has been looking for one of those answering service things. What What's the name of your company? If you can get the name of the answering service, highlight it in pink and then write the name of the company underneath it. And uh, now, mind you, I was, like I said, I was seven or eight years old, so I wasn't about to write out these complex names. Uh, they'd tell me the name, and she had a list of them, and I'd just write the corresponding number next to it. But um, what she was teaching me was cold calling, right? I mean, and like I said, I was, I was seven, eight, I think maybe nine years old. And how she did was, what she did with this was simple. She said, for every one I put in yellow, I got a quarter, right? Every one of them I got in pink, I got a dollar because those were much warmer leads. Those were leads that she could really work against. And off I went. And every night, I'll tell you, I, I, I killed it. I loved doing it. You know, I used to look forward to just cracking open that yellow pages and calling down through there and helping find, you know, did, you know are you a call center? Oh, really? My mom works for one. What call center are you? <laughs> and just writing the name of it down. And the next day, my mom would go into her office and call all those companies back because she had enough you know, she had all of her market intelligence to understand what they were charging, what is her selling propositions against each of them, and then would go and sell each of those companies on coming over to her company. And, you know, I learned that later in life, you know, just how powerful that was. And it was just, and again, it's just a great upbringing tool that played such a critical role in my future. So now fast forward um, years and years and years, right, uh, as I'm leaving high school, um, I went into high school uh, working full-time in high school, all through high school. I was working, uh, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week and working in the call center. And when I was leaving high school, the last thing I wanted to do was 
worked in a call center. So like every rebellious teen, of course, I ran off to college and decided to make my major in computer engineering and theory of computer science because that made the most logical sense in my brain. And uh, but that's what I did, right? I, I, I had always an affinity for technology and I, I always really enjoyed it. Um, I loved the idea of coding and being an engineer and crafting uh, technology to my demand. And it was, you know, it was cool. I thought it was a great gig. So I went out to college, and while I was at college, um, I was dead broke, as every good college kid is, because I spent way too much money on going out and partying and, you know, being a typical college kid, right? Um, And then I think it was probably around my sophomore-ish year that I got the call from my mother of basically telling me, so I am not just going to support your partying habit. You're supposed to be at school, and until you can prove to me that you're doing school seriously, you're cut off. And that was a kind of that oh shit moment for me. Um, I, I knew then, I mean, I always had had jobs while I was at school, but nothing serious, you know, just some side gigs and stuff. But at that moment, I had to get pretty serious. So I went and basically took the first job I could find, which interestingly enough was for this company called HH Greg. And they sold, think of this like Best Buy just much smaller. They sold, you know, high-end TVs, stereo equipment, washers, dryers, etc. And I got a job selling TVs and stereo equipment. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I, I think I can do this. Um, it was a steady paycheck. So went in, got trained. First month out the bat, killed it. Um, I, I'm not even sure what I did, but somehow I just, you know, I just had a great sales month and, you know, really just knocked it out of the park. Second month, similar, just, you know, hitting all types of, you know, way beyond my goals as far as sales I was looking to hit. And really just, it was just natural for me. It just felt comfortable. So this was going right into summer break anyway. So I took a week off of work. I went home for the week and went to go see my mom and everything and, you know, telling her about the success I was seeing and telling her I was trying to figure out what I was going to do for, you know, summer and whatnot, if I was going to stay back in uh, Columbus or if I was going to come back to Chicago or whichever. And she presented me with an option. She goes, well, hey, Mike, listen, if you're already liking the sales thing, why don't you come back, work for the family biz, you know, and work in our sales department and try it out and see if this thing might be for you. And just you can make some pretty good coin over the summer and then go back and, you know, have a lot more money in your pocket to go back to school with. I was like, okay, that sounds like a reasonable thing. It'd be good to also see, um, you know, my friends and my girlfriend at the time who was back in Chicago, et cetera. So Decided to do that, um, quit that job, <laughs> and went back to work for the family business for the summer. And when I went back, uh, within, I think it was about a month, maybe a month and a half, I was producing more revenue. I was producing revenue at almost $100 to the dollar uh, of the other two sales guys who were already in their roles. Uh, within uh, three or four months, I was just, I mean, I was wiping the floor with these guys. I mean, for every account they were selling, I was selling like four or five. Uh, it was just natural for me. And it was funny because I really didn't know what I was doing different. I just was talking and I was you know, enjoying it. I was, I was meeting customers and it just, it really felt natural to me to be doing what I was doing. And that was really how I found my way into sales. And, you know, inter- you know, of course, you know, being a typical, you know, 19, 21 year old or whatever I was, um, it was, I decided, of course, not to go back to school. I, I decided, hey, you know what? I, I guess I found what I'm supposed to be doing. And why do I need to go to school to find it? So I decided to stop going to school and pay attention to my career and jump into the workforce. So 
I uh, started selling for that, um, worked my way up and really did a great there, job there. And, you know, and that's really where I started my sales career. So why do I share all that with you? Like I said, this is, uh, you know, the long story of this is why I told you how I got into sales was to explain to you what it did for me. Sales, what I'm now looking back, you know, I'm now going, oh my gosh, I'm so I'm 33 years old now. So this is going back, going, you know, well over 10 years to uh, when I made that jump uh, permanently. So you know, almost 12 years uh, in sales, basically. And over those 12 years, I've learned a lot. Uh, one of the things I'll tell you that I learned is, is the reason I was so successful back then was I was fearless. I I never had this understanding of what it meant to be afraid of a deal or be afraid of a title of a person I was going to speak to. You know, yes, I was 23 years old, but and I was talking to potentially a CEO of a multinational, multi-billion dollar organization, but I never really saw them as that. I just saw them as another, you know, guy or girl on the other end of the phone. It was just it was just that natural for me. The other thing was is I I never I was always a rule breaker. And what I mean by rule breaker was, is I think it had to do with my creativity. You know, I, you know, I would be presented with, okay, here's how the packages work that we sell. Here's how our pricing schematics work. And here's how all this works. And immediately I'd be like, oh, okay, so I can bend this this way and color outside the lines here and shade this like this. And we're going to present it like this. And it's totally different, but it's still within the rules, kind of. And, you know, I would just go there. And what it would do, though, is, is it quickly would start generating these new revenue lines for the business and really start to defining, it really defined me as a salesperson of, you know, what my uniqueness was, was just that I would come up with these creative ideas for these companies that they, a lot of times, were not even thinking of themselves, but solved not just the immediate need, but this underlying issue that no one was really talking about. And so much of that came from a, of course, you know, growing up in the call center industry from the day I was born. But two was, you know, this just again, this underlying creativity I had just to really read between the lines and look at the issue in a different fashion, and really pay attention to what those companies needed, and really focus on not so much of getting the sale, but more focus about helping the person and helping the business and really seeing what I could do to push that forward and doing that and paying attention to that and, and, and really pay, you know, focusing in on that whole idea of help first, get, you know, get paid later kind of thing. It really is what allowed for me to, you know, be and stay successful in business. And I'll tell you guys, you know, for all you sales guys out there and sales girls out there, you know, who are looking at, you know, how am I going to really up my, my, my sales abilities? I, I would challenge you to really look at the way you're selling today. You know, are you just selling based upon the training you got? Um, or are you, I mean, are you just selling to get that paycheck at the end of the month? Because if so, I'll tell you, you know, to answer your question on if you, you know, how do you make a career sales, it's not by doing that. The money aspect of it, I'm not going to say that it didn't motivate me. It, any salesperson who says it doesn't motivate them, it's just, I mean, they're blatantly lying to you, really. You know, of course, money is a partial motivator in there, but 
it's not the primary driver for me. You know, I, I, you know, I've, you know, shared with you in previous podcasts, you know, I understand what it is to make, you know, six, seven figures and it's, it's cool. It's, it's great, you know, but it's nothing like you get it and you're like, Oh, my life is changed forever. Hallelujah. No, it's, it's just a moment. And it's just like, ah, okay. It's in my account, you know, but for me, and especially, you know, in sales, it was all about that hunt, right? And, and when I say the hunt, like it was about building the bonds and working with the people and, and working with these organizations. And like I said, finding that underlying rooting issue that these companies maybe not even seeing themselves and helping my client discover that and then working with them hand in hand to really create a solution and craft a solution that was going to solve that exact need. And I taken this exact type of you know uh, methodology now outside of the call center industry and taken this even to the software firm I'm working with today, and you know I saw it the exact same approach has worked tremendous for this company is just focusing in on what is the need and what is the underlying need that no one's really talking about, and then focusing on that that second piece and understanding building steps. And building very tangible pieces that we can get there, but being creative and being willing to color outside the lines and never taking, you know, what it, what someone tells me is the end all and just always be willing to push it a little bit further. Because at the end of the day, guys, us in sales, uh, and I, and I'll tell this to every sales force I've ever worked with is that sales is truly the fuel for the company. Operations might be the engine, right? But sales is the fuel. Without fuel, that engine's going nowhere, right? You need that fuel to get the company going. But you also need that fuel to help innovate the business forward. You know, we're the ones who help push the company into things that it might not have thought about doing. Why? Because we're the ones being asked about it, right? But then we have to get it into the loops and start telling about operations, engineering, and the R&D and all these teams about, hey, guys, listen, this is what the feedback we're getting from our clients and market is. We should maybe look at exploring this. And that's really where we start seeing that ability to start pushing the organizations forward. Now, back on track, but why I went off on a tangent for a minute is because when you start recognizing these things, uh, again, the power of sales and the power of this department. Like I just said, we have the ability to innovate the organization and push it forward. You also hold the reins to the revenue potential of this business and the profitability of this business. The moment you start realizing that and understanding what that means to the organization and to you and your profession is the day you're going to actually be able to start really seeing some major leaps in your career. Because once you understand how to leverage that and how to take that and apply that into your day-to-day business, you now are going to be able to start talking in the terminology of business as a leader and start being able to interact with the leadership of your organization in a different manner. Because now you understand your effect, right? I'm, I affect the P&L in this way, your profit and loss statement, right? I also affect the business growth potential in this way. It's innovation in this way. And this is the standards in which I'm going to hold myself to. The other piece of this here, though, and the bigger piece, and I'll tell you, this is, this is what I will say defines great salespeople and career-long salespeople versus non-career salespeople and the people who just kind of come in and hit and run um, or get stuck in sales but at a very low level and you know maybe just really barely making ends meet but who are killing themselves every day 
in their sales profession. So on that topic, let's talk about the three, right? And I, and I kind of group all three of these together, which is when you come into sales, everyone needs a point of entry in sales. Uh, there are some who come in at these weird levels, like, you know, like a pharma rep, right? Pharma rep, if, as long as you do what you got to do, you should be making near six figures. You know, it should be, a, it's about a good, you know, low end six figure job. Uh, but the great training program, you, you're going to hustle, they're going to work you to death, uh, but you can make good money doing it, right? Um, also in technology, you know, software, especially if you get in software and you're willing to hustle and kill it, you can make good money. You're going to, again, it's another good six figure salary. Where I see so many great, 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 great salespeople get stuck, though, is in retail and consumer sales. You know, they're working still in the stores or they're working, uh, you know, as a waiter or waitress. And yeah, they're making decent money, you know, high, you know, good, real amazing waiters and waitresses I do know who are making, you know, 80, 90, 100,000 a year. Um, it's very, very rare, but there are a few of them out there. Most of them, 60, 70,000 a year, you know? Um, my retail sales guys, I, I love you guys to death. I, that's why I used to poach out of that place so much for my sales firm, uh, sales firms. Um, you know, these guys are hustling and killing it for maybe, you know, 40, 50,000 a year. You know, if they get to become a trainer or manager, maybe pulling down that 70, $80,000 world. But, you know, you just take that same tenacity and that, you know, that same just like, I'm willing to just kill and rule the world and work a thousand hours a week. And I could, I can make you into a person making, you know, a half a million a year. Cause how do we do it? It's simple. We apply you into the business model that makes sense and allows you to make that and use your hustle to make that money. But, <laughs> there's a big but. There's two reasons why people, all people are not making that kind of money. One, fear. So many people I meet in sales and I work with and I talk with and I try and I work to mentor. I will tell you the main reason is fear, the fear of the unknown, the fear that they have not earned it or they don't deserve it or they haven't had enough schooling or they haven't, they don't have enough right upbringing or they don't have a large enough network or blah, 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 excuse, excuse, excuse. I didn't finish college. I almost flunked out of high school. I you know, I, if you look at statistically, I should be in jail and addicted to every drug known to mankind. I'm not. I am a successful executive. I am a father of two, very proud father of two. I've been married uh, now going on for nine years and hopefully for 90 more. <laughs> and, you know, I have, you know, I've broken all of the statistics. I've been very successful in sales. I've earned, you know, some of the highest platforms you can as far as our sales earnings. And I've also opened my own businesses and I've run them successfully. At no point, if you just base upon statistics, should I have been able to do any of that. But I had no fear in my abilities to do it. And so many people, so many of you guys that I work with and so many of you I mentor, you just hear it. Well, Mike, you know, what if I make this jump and then I can't support my family? It's like, don't make the, you know, just make the jump and believe you can do it. Trust me, the, anyone can make money, right? Money is easy to be made if you're willing to go out and do the hard work to get it done. And it just shocks me when I see so many people out there who are like, dude, you're putting in like 90 hours a week and you're making nothing off of it. Just take that same drive and apply it in a better spot and just be willing to be humble and say, you know what? I don't know. I don't know what I don't know about your industry, but I know I can kill it here. 
Give me that shot to show you I can kill it. And you will. I did it. That's what I did. It's, I've done it multiple times. I did it in my first big call center company when I transitioned from small call center into large call center. I had nowhere near the network I should, I deserved to bring into that business. I was the highest grossing salesperson in 18 months. Why? Because I worked my ass off and I made it happen. So, like I said, fear, biggest, I will say that is the biggest excuse and biggest reason I see, you know, salespeople held back and not earning the levels they should be earning and seeing that success they should be seeing. Number two, they're not willing to be a rule breaker. Listen, if you're in sales and you want to, you want to do sales for forever, like you want this to be you, you have to be willing to color outside the lines. You have to be willing to draw a new picture. Sales is what drives the organization to the future, bar none, okay? Everyone else is going to have to make what we invent, but we're the ones who are the dreamers. We're the ones who come up with the idea, and then we implement it into the business because how do we implement it? We implement it by bringing money behind it because guess what, ladies and gentlemen? When you have cash behind what you want to do in the business, it gets done. You have no money, you come with an idea, and you have no cash behind it, it doesn't get done. Or maybe it does, but it takes forever because there's no money incentive to push the business forward with it. Cash is king in the biz. If you have cash, you have solutions. That is just the nature of the game. This is the power again of sales. And But like I said, if you really want to have that longevity in sales, you got to be willing to be creative. You got to be willing to get out there and do what no one else is willing to do. Oh, I see all my other 30 salespeople, you know, they're putting in their 40 hours, 50 hours a week and just killing it on the phone and they're earning decent money. Great. Maybe the phone sucks. Get off the phone and get on LinkedIn. Maybe LinkedIn's not working. Get on Twitter. Get on Facebook. Get on whatever. Pinterest, Snapchat. Don't wait for your marketing team. Go do it yourself. Why wait for someone else to impact your paycheck? You're in sales. Go sell. That's what we do. The moment you start realizing that, and I know you guys are hearing me getting a little passionate because you could tell, this is something that just unnerves me that everyone, every person, if you're listening to this podcast right now, even you, even if you're not in sales, if you're a CEO, I don't care, you have the personal ability to kill it every day. You choose how hard you push every day. So tying to that, right? My daughter and I, just this past weekend, actually just yesterday, this is Sunday I'm recording this, so this is on a Saturday. My daughter is four years old. She just turned four in December. And this weekend, I, I've been starting to really enjoy hiking uh, up mountains and seeing up the top of mountains. I, I'm still, I think I'm losing my mind maybe because I'm still trying to figure out why I'm killing myself to get to a top of a mountain to walk back down it. Longer story, <laughs> but... Uh, it's been fun. And so I'm trying to introduce my daughter to this. So I told my daughter, I'm like, hey, listen, uh, this weekend, let's go for a hike. So of course, me being me, I buy her all this gear, boots and back, you know, and the camel back backpack and all that stuff. And we go out for her first hike. And I don't do anything easy. Um, and nor do I feel like she should either. So I didn't take her for like a mile hike. No, her and I went up a five mile hike mountain uh, to a pretty high peak. It's a black mountain here in San Diego, if you're from the area. And, you know, it's not a hard mountain for any adult, but for a four year old kid, this is a climb. I mean, there's some, there's some pretty serious, you know, uh, you know, steep cl- you know, verts in there. So, I mean, this is nothing small. She made it though. 
she got all the way to the summit. But I remember, you know, there was a part, there was, I think it was about three quarters of the way through. And she was telling me, she's like, daddy, daddy, my legs hurt. And I told her, I'm like, hon, you tell me, do you want to keep pushing it and make it and be able to tell people that you made it to the summit on your first hike? Or do you want us to turn back and go back to the car? Because it's your choice. We can do either way, but you have to live with the decision that you're going to make here. And I know for some parents out there, you might be like, oh my God, he actually said that to a four-year-old? That's so mean. No, it's real. You know what my daughter did? She looked at me and she said, dad, let's get this done. And I, and I was so proud of her. And we did. We got to that summit. I got these amazing pictures. I'll, I'll actually post them with this podcast so you can see it. These amazing pictures of her and I at the summit at the Black Mountain. And called my wife. She got to see it. Her grandmother, et cetera. You know what I mean? But she's four. I was well as we're climbing up. I see these people who are in their thirties and forties who look like they're about you know not even going to make it. And my four year old made it. Why? Because she was ready to kill it that day. She was ready to take and push it beyond her limits. Because trust me, she did. She went beyond her limits to get to the top, and then pushed even further to get back down to that car. And she did it. And guys, that's what I want to leave you with this week. So. If you're in sales, or really if you're in any role, it doesn't just apply to sales. You make the choice on how hard you want to push each week. So this week, guys, I am going to stress to you so much, push beyond the limit. Be willing to color outside those lines of what the rules say, and be willing to break a few of them. As long as it's, don't be unethical. That's one of my biggest rules. I'm sorry, and I should have mentioned that even in this thing. Ethics is huge. Everything comes back on you. Uh, In sales, the world of business, I'll tell you, is the size of a dime. I don't care where you go in this world, you will meet everyone else again a thousand times over if you are an ethical, good business person. I owe so much of my success to all of those I have sold and worked with before me, prior in my life. And if it wasn't for me holding true to my ethics at every point in time, I would never be able to stand where I am today. Always be ethical. But with that being said, as long as it's ethical, as long as it's in the good intention of the business and your client, be willing to change things, right? If the package doesn't make sense, change the package. Don't package it. I don't care. Undo it. And then fight for your client with it and tell them, hey, this client will come with us if we change this and give the money on it. Always speak in dollars and cents, guys. If you're in a business model and you're not talking in dollars and cents, you're not talking. You're just mumbling. And I don't understand mumbling. Speak with money because money talks in the organization. Final thing here, guys. Be willing to take the risk and bet on yourself. If you took nothing else from this podcast, everything else set aside, take this. The only person who you can 100% depend on every moment of your career from this moment you're hearing this going forward is you. You're the only one who's always going to look out for the best intention. You're the only one you know can pull yourself out of bed every morning. You are the only one who can make sure you make it to the top of the mountain and show everyone that you did it. Bet on yourself. It is the safest bet you can make. Is it risky? Hell yes. Is it scary? Even more hell yes. 
Is it worth it? Absolutely. Now, when I say bet on yourself, that doesn't mean you have to go start a business. That's, I think, almost a misnomer in the United States today. The fact that you're in sales, the fact that you're in leadership, that's your own micro business. Uh, There's a term I love. It's called intrapreneur. It means being an entrepreneur inside of a business. Fantastic. I've done it for many, many years. Be willing to bet on yourself. Be willing to take it to the next level. Tomorrow, when you go to your work, if you know you deserve more, then go get it. Stop taking mediocrity and go be what you deserve to be. Stop being just filling in the gap. And what I would, my old Long's life saying is stop being a statistic. Never be a statistic. Because if you're willing to be a statistic, all you will ever earn and all you'll ever become is that statistic. Stop. Today, stop it. Start being something else. Stop being what statistics tell us we have to be and start being something amazing. You got it. All you have to do is be willing to say you got it and kill it, right? So guys, thank you so much for this week. I know this is a little bit different of an episode and I hope you enjoyed it. Please continue to give me this feedback and please continue to give me these ideas for these episodes. Uh, for all my sales folks out there who uh, really gave me the idea for this one, I hope you appreciate this. This is definitely for you guys. Uh, next week, we got some actually really cool uh, material coming up. Uh, but you know, thank you so much, guys, to your success and prosperity. I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Have a great week, guys. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thank you for listening to Biz Sprints Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us at bizsprints.com for more tips and tricks to drive your business forward. No doubt about it.